When I was 10, we made photocopied books in class and it blew my mind. So that's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to learn how to make books. So this episode, episode 9, is really more on the nuts and bolts of putting a book together. Well, I can't really talk about how creativity happens. I can get halfway there by just talking about the nuts and bolts and routines of what I do. And I've, I've always found it kind of interesting when other writers or artists talk about their boring, unmagical routines. Somehow I've gotten something out of it. So I'm hoping maybe there's something in here that you might find interesting. It's kind of interesting and boring at the same time. It feels like I'm giving everything away and nothing away. Just before we start, I've started a Substack, which is a free newsletter, almost a site where anyone can ask a question about any of the podcasts that I've done, or even this today. I'll include the link in the description of this episode. So if you check out the Substack, there'll be the, the details of this episode and also a place where you can ask any questions about it or any questions about previous episodes. So yeah, check out the link for my new Substack and subscribe if you want. It's free. I'll send out a little newsletter once a week on just the details of the podcast and where it's available and I'll answer questions. I've always found the routines of other artists and creators interesting and I I love seeing the human side of creativity. I love how it's actually it's like digging a hole or drilling a wall. I love how the routines of an artist can take you only so far to the point where the rest of it's unmappable and you've just got to look to the stars and to see see what <laughs> see what happens from there. Nick Cave put out something recently about his routine a month ago or so and one of the things he mentioned was that he used a black Bic pen to write on a piece of paper. And I thought that's that's giving nothing away and everything away and nothing away at the same time. But I love that his big pen was this, this common, ordinary, boring old object. And it was nothing like a magic wand that he seems to work with. I love that you can walk into a, a supermarket and find that pen just sitting there under the fluorescent lights while a crowded house song cheerfully plays. Boring old pack of 10 black Bic pens in a packet for $2.99 or something. I love how boring creativity is and how it can be reduced to the complete mundane and reality. But that's where magic happens in the very ordinary. And I love how words are free, which is a blessing and a curse. Magic is free. (laughs) and that's a blessing and a curse. When I'm creating, I I usually have no idea what I'm doing, and as soon as I do have an inkling of what I'm doing, usually it's pretty boring and become a bit rubbish, or it won't reveal itself straight away to be rubbish, but it will soon start to smell like it, and the audience can smell it straight away. So I've always got to swap up my routines and see what happens and move places. For instance, I love sitting in a park or in a cafe or in in my garden, and I'll, I'll have one coffee, and that coffee usually lasts 30 minutes. I love how a coffee is almost like an hourglass or an egg timer and it gives me a limited amount of time to write in a place. I love the idea of pressure when I'm writing or a time limit and if I've got nothing by the end of that then I've got to move places. I've got to I've got to go somewhere else. I feel that if I'm coming up with ideas that are all rubbish in one place I've planted a whole lot of crap mulch it's not going to grow anything in that place i love that ideas can actually be geographically planted in places and so i've got to move to a some fresh soil almost literally fresh soil 
like by the train tracks, in the cemetery garden, wherever I need to get to. And I'll keep moving. I'll move throughout the day every 30 minutes. Or if something's working, I'll stay there for an hour and keep going. When I wasn't my own boss and I had a nine to five job, I found that the best way to be able to save some of myself for riding was turn up to my nine to five, which really, uh, secretly, it was really my nine to 9.30 because I'd do 30 minutes of real work in a day. Well, I'd, I'd do work throughout the day, but I'd probably have 30 good minutes in me that I'd give to any one nine to five job at a time. So my nine to 9.30 job. And I would probably, over the entire day, eight hour day, 10 hour day, I'd, I'd try to give only 20% of myself to my job that paid the bills. And then I'd get home and give everything else I'd chuck everything that I had at writing my own stuff or writing a book. I'd throw everything at it. So 80, 80 to 100% of my best self at writing my own stuff when I got home from work. So yeah, I kind of feel like that's not a bad equation. Give 20% of yourself to your 9 to 5 and 80% to 100% for your 5 to 9. 9 to 5, 5 to 9. So when I start writing, the actual actual start just putting words on a paper two three four five words until it becomes a sentence i actually start writing rubbish and that's the only way to do it i actually write i pretty much write shit like the cat sat on the mat the mat was a flying maybe the mat was a flying carpet i don't know i just uh, but i do start writing with shit like that i start off with absolute dumbass sentences that feel like absolute rubbish I'll just write the most boring pieces of shit. <laughs> and then, and I'll go from there. And it incrementally, the piece of shit might lead to a, another piece of shit. And that piece of shit might lead to a further, another piece of shit. Then sometimes it'll come, oh, that's not a piece of shit. That's actual pre-digested food that's usable. <laughs> and then I'll put that piece of pre-digested food aside and then I'll start off with writing more shit and then s- soon enough I've got a tiny snack. This is a weird metaphor, I don't know where it's going, but yeah, I really do start off by writing absolute crap sentences that are crap. I find social media an interesting tool in the sense that when I'm putting a book together, I might take a popular post that meant nothing to me. It seemed to have performed well with the algorithm on social media and i will include a piece that meant nothing to me but but the algorithm or the audience really loved it but i'll only include probably five percent of a book with stuff like that but that serves a purpose for me i find 95 percent of my book is pretty personal and comes from a pure place and that five percent which comes from a this this is a a post that just did well it was popular i feel like those posts are still important even if they don't mean anything to me because for me they're kind of like a trojan horse and they might be an entry point to someone who doesn't give a shit about poetry and I, i like to think that i have a respect for the audience maybe it's a fear that i'm being misunderstood i see it as a respect for the audience And then there's the other 5% of poems that I like to include in a book that are beyond metric engagement, beyond quantifiable goodness. 
in inverted commas. These are the poems that I, I still don't understand when I'm putting a book together. They're still trying to show me what they're trying to tell me. They still hold mystery. They're their own thing. They're the poems that I feel like I haven't written. Sometimes these perform okay on social media, but often they don't. They give me goosebumps. They make my hair stand on end sometimes. They're always changing. They're shape-shifting. I don't know what they are. And that's the other 5% of the book that for me, the book needs that other 5%. That's kind of the heart of the book. So there's 5% of a book that's pure popular, popular engagement stuff. And there's 5% that is beyond metrics, is beyond myself. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what they're doing. I still don't know what they're doing. They're their own thing. And I love the balance of those overall 10% of a book. One's complete popular sell out and one is the complete opposite of that and still in the dark it's i love that balance there are a lot of trends on instagram like for instance i've noticed if i put the word fuck into a piece or i talk about how life is fucked and we're all fucked but everything's going to be okay those sorts of strange paradoxes seem to perform really well and they seem to want more of that from you so I'm skeptical when I find myself dipping into those sorts of themes, even though they're themes that I personally love myself and I love writing them to remind myself that, yeah, life's fucked, but you're going to be okay. I know that if I write them, they're going to perform well. I love the theme. It's a theme that I'd love to hone over a lifetime, but I'm also aware that sometimes I've caught myself writing that sort of stuff, thinking Instagram engagement's gone down. Oh no, what's going on? So it's, it's a tricky balance between wanting to indulge in my some of my favorite themes that also happen to do quite well but also just to ex keep exploring keep exploring what else what else is inside me what else can i what else do i have to give i think that's really important but i also love that theme because i'm interested in the idea of letting go by wildly hurtling into all the wrong places that you should go I kind of feel like if you head right into the darkness or into the danger, you can come bursting out the other side just in the same way crying turns into laughter or a, or even a sun shower. I, I love that idea of you can turn something inside out by heading right into what you shouldn't be heading into and then come bursting out the other side with pure joy. I love that. So that it is a theme that I, I do love. And I also love the power of list poems even though sometimes I feel like they're a bit of a cheap way of writing poetry. I love how you can have a whole ton of disparate ideas that from one to the next make no sense, but the, the collection of them and the, the collected power of them all, it brings a, a crazy beautiful energy. One image after the other after the other, it's like a flurry of punches that almost bamboozle but completely make sense. I love the cumulative effect of a, an energy of a list poem. So when I'm putting a book together, I like to work with about one or 200 poems when I'm putting a book together. Ideally, I want to get the book down to 40 or 50 poems. And my favorite bit of the creative process is redaction and cutting and throwing shit out. I love the idea that it might take me one week to write a poem and then one second to get rid of it. In that one second, it feels like flying. I love the idea that creative comes in the negative space as well. It's a, almost a strange form of self-sabotage and, and that's self-sabotage is, is an essential part of the creative act, like indicating right and turning left. I love that one second of myself sometimes knows more than a whole week or even years of myself. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. 
I love that. Um, yes. Well, that's the end of that episode. A quick reminder to subscribe to my Substack. The link's in the, the description of this episode where you can ask me any questions about this episode or previous episodes and we can start something there. I don't know where it'll go or what'll happen. It's free to subscribe and talk shit. See ya.